God. All right. Well, here we are uh, live once again with uh, discipleship class number one. And this is the first class for the 2023-2024 edition. Amen. And we are very, very excited about this year because it's, uh, number one, it's just another year of discipleship class. And it's, it's like Christmas morning for me. But also, this is our 20th year. And I'm, 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 in my, I'm into milestones. I believe in milestones. I, I believe God's into milestones. If you look at the, at the scriptures and, and times and seasons and things that are very, I think, important to him. And so, uh, as always, I'm expecting some big things this year uh, for you uh, and for uh, us and for those that are joining us online. So we were just talking about uh, the folks that are watching online and welcome. I know some of you watch with us live. Some of you will watch uh, the recording after the fact, but I want to give a special shout out to our brothers and sisters in Kenya who are uh, up, I guess, around three in the morning, if I'm doing the math right, uh, to be a part of this first class. So we love you men and women and uh, shout out to uh, Pastor Cornelius and, and all that he's doing over there and, and uh, son in the faith for me and uh, he and his family and love them so much. No, they just went through some very difficult things uh, last week this time, but, but God is good. Amen. And so we're, we just send blessings to our family of faith there uh, in, in Africa and Heritage Christian Center churches there and others that are friends of those churches. And so, but anyway, let's, uh, let's pray and, and we'll get to it. Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Father, for your truth. And Lord, we are here for you and we are here for the truth, Lord, that you have for us. And Lord, I thank you for helping us open up our hearts, open up our ears, open up our eyes to hear, see, and understand, Lord, your word, your wisdom, your truth for our lives. Father, thank you for the men and women in this room. Thank you for those who've joined us online. Thank you, Father, for all that you plan and purpose for our lives, Lord, during this time of learning and growing together. Thank you, Father, for the uncommon commitment that so many of these men and women have made. Lord, to be here at this time of day on a Wednesday afternoon. Lord, there's no one in this room who doesn't want to be here. There's no one in this room who's not hungry for you. And Lord, that makes this a very special atmosphere, Father, for your word and your Holy Spirit to operate and move in our lives. Thank you again for helping us bring our hearts to attention. I know a lot of folks started this day while it was still dark. And, and uh, Lord, it may be a little bit weary in body, but Lord, we thank you for the strength and the, and, the, and the energy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Helping us, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. All right, so let's try to do a little bit of business. I know that a lot of you in the room are um, already filled out a, uh, a registration form. For those of you who are watching online and you would like to register, let me put a few things here uh, up on the screen. If I can get this uh, working correctly, praise God. I know what I did. There we go. That cancels that out. Amen. So i got to get the... Uh... Now, see, y'all can't see any of this up here, but I'm, I'm trying to fly this plane while we... Uh... Uh, all right, so I just swapped over to video what you're seeing uh, behind me. So anyway, I'll do that a little bit till I get back in the flow of it, okay? So three things uh, in front of you on the screen, uh, either your video screen or the screen here in the room. The first one at the top is the church's website, hccnow.org. Uh, the second one is, of course, Facebook, and this is live streaming to both the church website, hccnow.org, as well as uh, my personal Facebook, uh, which is Mark Winslet, W-I-N-S-L-E-T-T. And then that's my email at the bottom, mark at hccnow.org. Now, if you're watching online and would like to register for the class, email me and, and we will uh, get that uh, to you and, and get you registered. 
Um, if you are interested in a completion certificate, which I would encourage you uh, to make that level of a commitment at the beginning that, hey, you know what, I'm going to finish this thing. Um, and if you're interested in that, then the requirement, I think, has some grace and mercy built in. You need to attend or view 30 of the 36 classes, okay? Now, that brings up a lot of questions because I know some of you will, will be available to come in person for a while, but then you'll move back to where, you know, you, you originally live and that sort of thing. So that can be a combination of either in-person, online, or all online. And it's an honor system. And as I often say, if, if you need to, 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 you know, cheat to get a discipleship certificate, then amen. God help you, right? You need the class again. So anyway, it's an honor system. So if you tell me, if you tell me, praise God, in May, I've seen 30, you know, viewed 30 out of 36 of the classes, then you will qualify for a completion certificate. And, um, and so anyway, praise God, we, we can talk some more about what that looks like. Um, in the days ahead. I do want to welcome um, all of our first-timers, but also all of our alumni. Um, there are those who have taken and completed this class multiple times. There's a handful of folks who have uh, perfect attendance, and there's a, attended all 36 in-person uh, classes. We have had people take this class as many as six times. I think, I think the record is eight or ten times. And so uh, you think, why in the world would somebody do it that many times? Well, Amen. Ask some of the folks that took it last year, and they'll tell you. Amen. There's just a lot to it. But also, um, you know, I have grown uh, in the last 20 years uh, right alongside those who have attended this class. In other words, uh, you know, if I continue to walk with the Lord and fellowship with Him and learn from Him, I'll know more next year than I know this year, and I know more this year than I knew last year. And so the class kind of changes and, 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 and morphs. There are some core principles that we cover regardless but how we, how we cover them and how we present them hopefully has gotten better and sharper, amen, so to speak, uh, over uh, the years. So welcome this 20th year to uh, all our first-timers and all the alumni. Uh, shout out uh, to them. Uh, they've had some very uh, kind things to say when I first uh, announced uh, a few weeks ago on Facebook, you know, that this was our 20th year. And some of them even went back to the year, however many years ago that they took the class and how the Lord changed their lives uh, during uh, that uh, class. Amen. So there's a, a strong word that I'm, I'm, I'm going to give as we begin, and, and it has to do with potential, and it has to do with a demand being placed on your potential. Uh, the, one of the reasons I get so excited about these classes is because every person that's uh, listening or watching or, or, or part of this class right now has uh, un unimaginable potential inside of them uh, that God has placed inside of us. And, and potential is what you're capable of doing that you haven't done yet, what you're capable of becoming that you haven't become yet, what you're capable of learning that you haven't learned yet. Uh, and the thing about potential is for it to be developed and released from our lives, a demand has to be placed upon it. And so these classes are about a lot of things. And one of the key things these classes are about is placing a demand on the potential that you have to grow and to develop and to learn and, and to step into all that Father God has purposed and planned uh, your life uh, to become. The other word that I want to give you this evening, and it's a word that the Lord dropped into my heart at the beginning of 2023, and actually it's two words. The words are significant and shift, significant and shift. And he spoke to me and he said, 2023 is a year that he desired to see a significant shift 
take place uh, in the lives of, of his children here on the earth. A significant shift. Now, we tend to grow little by little, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not you know, progress is progress. Um, sometimes we're so close to our progress, we don't realize we're making any. Amen. Has anybody recently found yourself responding better and differently in a situation than maybe you would have responded six months ago or six weeks ago? Yeah, so, um, so sometimes, you know, it's like we don't realize how much we're growing un un until we find ourselves in those situations. And it's like, wow, man, you know, six months ago, there'd have been blood. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there'd, have been some, there'd have been some issues here, you know. And, and yet we find it. So that's growth. Amen, that's growth. Uh, the Lord taught me this when my children were very young. Um, I would go work out of town uh, sometimes four and five days, and then I would come back. And it would be amazed at how much they had grown while I was gone. But when I saw them every day, I didn't realize that they were growing, you know, that, that incremental growth. And so there's no substitute for incremental growth and uh, development in our lives. But there are times in our lives where Father wants to bring about a significant shift. Amen. And, and the Scriptures talk about this in different ways, but, but it's, it's literally the concept of being catapulted forward. You know, where you make, um, let's just say, five years worth of progress in, in five days. You know, that, that kind of supernatural shift and growth and change. And so <clears throat> I'm very excited because that's going to be a part of what, what we, uh, the perspective from which we deliver this material this year. is because I know that my Heavenly Father wants to use these classes and your commitment to Him and to His Word and to His Holy Spirit to bring a significant shift uh, in your life, and then ultimately in your family, your family tree, and everyone you have uh, influence and, and, and impact over, okay? So significant shift. If you're taking notes, write those words down. Significant shift. Start getting your faith directed towards this idea of God making a significant shift in your life. But now listen to me. Um, this is the next thing the Lord told me concerning a significant shift. He said that with every significant shift there comes a significant if, okay? With every significant shift, there comes a significant if, all right? So the, there's lots of ifs in the Bible. And it's not that God is iffy, it's that we're iffy, right? <laughs> Amen. So if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land, all right? So not everyone eats the good of the land. Not everyone enjoys God's best for them, okay? But notice he says, if you are willing and obedient, not just obedient, Amen. And not just willing to be obedient. It's that, it's that combination of willingness. God wants you to want to. Amen. God doesn't just want your obedience with your heart somewhere else. He wants you to want to please Him. And then from that perspective, do your best to, to, to please Him and, and obey Him. And I could go on and on about these significant ifs. But, and, and I believe as we work our way again through these classes that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. Um, not, not just me, amen, but the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Technically, He's our teacher, amen. I want you to understand that. He is our teacher. He is going to teach you. Uh, we've, we've both engaged in, in an interaction here where He's given me some things to present to the body of Christ, and you being a member of the body of Christ, I'm going to present those things to you. But where the, where the real... Uh, learning and development and, and growing and maturing takes place is when the Holy Spirit begins to connect these things to your heart individually. And I think we, I mentioned this in a class on a Tuesday morning, you know, where I'll be up in front 
speaking and sharing the Word of God and things the Holy Spirit is, is laid on my heart to share, but then He'll also be having this, this conversation with you where He's beginning to make things uh, known to you and show you things and help you connect things, answer questions that you've had uh, in, in, in your heart. Amen. Uh, from time to time, people come up to me and say, man, the very thing you spoke on this morning, I read that in my Bible reading this morning. Again, that's not a coincidence. That's the Holy Spirit who is ultimately our teacher, using other people to confirm what he's already been saying to you or using other people to help you understand what he's already saying to you, okay? So, you know, there are things that I've been put on this earth to do. I'm not arrogant in this, but I am confident in this. And one of the things that I'm on, I'm on this earth to do is to help other people find their destiny. My destiny is to help you find yours. Amen. Another thing that I'm put on this earth to do is to take the wisdom of God and present it to people in a way that they can understand it, in a, in a way that they can apply it to their lives and ultimately benefit from it. All right. So I get very excited about these classes uh, for a lot of reasons, but and, and you'll hear me from time. I didn't do it tonight, but from time to time, you'll hear me as I begin to pray over this class at the beginning of the class to thank God, not just for what he's doing in your life, but but. As God impacts your life, as He opens your eyes to things, as He helps you grow, develop, and mature, guess what else He's doing? He's equipping you to be more effective in ministering to and helping other people. And that's the beautiful thing. So it's never just about you. Please know that. God loves you. He sang over you while you slept last night. He knows how many hairs on your head. He doesn't just know how many hairs are on your head. Each one of them has their own unique number. He numbers the hairs on your head. Okay? Talk about a mathematical mind there, Sister Julia. Praise God. Okay? But, but this is our Father. All right? He, he loves you. Amen? Um, God, the, somewhere in, in, in eternity past, God the Father and God the Son had some, a conversation with something like this. He said, I'll tell you what, Father, if you want Mark, I'll go get him for you. If you want Marty, I'll go get him for you. If you want Amy, if you want Christy, if you want Pam, I'll go get them for you. Amen. And put your name in there. So he, he absolutely is a, a, a God who knows you and understands you as an individual. And he loves you as an individual. But anything that God does in you, he ultimately wants to then do through you. So now that you're born again... He wants to use you to help other people experience the new birth and be born again. Now that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in unknown tongues, He wants to use you. Amen. Now that you've been set free, He wants to use you to set other people free. Now that you've been healed, physically healed in your body, He said you lay your hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So anything that God does in you, He wants to do through you. Amen. He wants to co-labor, co-operate together with you. So... It's, it's not just that I'm excited about all the people online in the class that are, that are going to uh, experience this significant shift in their lives, but it's all the people that you folks will impact and influence for the rest of your lives, amen, uh, for the glory of our Father. And so this is bigger than us, amen. This is bigger than us. And, and, and we see that um, we were created by God to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, and people, people who don't even know God long for that. I think that's one of the reasons we get so caught up in, in organizations, in athletics, uh, even in, in, in government and politics, and in charity work and things of this nature. I'm not making light of any of those things. I'm just saying that, that there's something in us that wants to take what we have 
and contribute it to something bigger than ourselves. It's because ultimately you were created by God for God to contribute what He put in you, amen, to glorify Him uh, and, and to love Him. But, but one of the main ways we love Him is by loving other people. One of the main ways that we serve Him is by serving other people. And so maybe you're at a state of, of spiritual development and growth right now where that maybe doesn't sound very appealing to you. But praise God, trust me. Amen. There's, there is no greater satisfaction on planet earth than doing what God puts you on this earth to do, where you're supposed to be doing it, with the people you're supposed to be doing it with. It's the sweet spot of life. Amen. And so discipleship is about a lot of things, as you're going to see in these first few classes. We'll kind of randomly go through discipleship is about this, another definition for discipleship, because I want you to have a... A, a well-rounded understanding of, of, of what it's really about. As a matter of fact, I'm fixing to do an overview of some of the things that we'll be talking about in, in these first several classes. But it's, it's um, matter of fact, one of the first questions, and I'll put it on the screen, what comes to your mind when you think of or when you hear the word discipleship? And, and for some, it may be, well, I don't know, you know. Uh, if you were raised in church, uh, denominational church especially, um, then perhaps discipleship, is, is, is something that you think of in terms of, we, we had, y'all have heard this expression, a new convert class? So somebody come to church, they get saved, and they say, okay, look, you need to go take these six classes, right? Because you just got saved. And, and, and those, I'm not knocking those classes, please hear me, but they teach you about reading the Bible, and they teach you about worship, and they teach you about church attendance, and they teach, teach you about serving, they teach you about giving, you know, and again, all those things are important. But a lot of times those classes are referred to as discipleship classes, which leaves us with this impression that, you know, we go take these six classes and somehow that's discipleship. But I hope what you're going to see, especially again in these first few classes, that discipleship is so much more than that and, and involves so much more than that. And, and sometimes you'll even hear me use this expression, the discipleship process. Because discipleship is a process. The new birth is not a process in the sense that if you've been born again, when you ask Jesus into your heart, I won't clap them hard, but boom, boom, you are instantly transformed. Um, you, you don't progressively become born again. Um, the Bible says you pass from death to life. You pass from darkness to light. Uh, you go from outside the kingdom to inside the kingdom in an instant when you're born again. Discipleship is different from that. Discipleship is an ongoing process of growth and, and development, which, again, requires a commitment on our part. Amen. So let me try to give you a little bit of an overview of some of the things we're going to talk about in these, in these first classes, okay? So... Um, all right, I'm going to go off screen for those of you who are watching online for a minute or two here. Um, so discipleship is about, and one of the first things that discipleship is about is fellowship with God and experiencing Him. Fellowship with God and experiencing Him. One of the significant shifts that the Lord um, is, has laid upon my heart that I've been preaching here at Heritage is that He wants His people to shift from a personal relationship mindset with God to a fellowship mindset with God. And for too long, personal relationship with God has been the gold standard of Christianity. 
And what we, I'm, I, again, don't get me started on this because I'll spend three hours on it, all right? There's already probably 14 hours of teaching on this from our Wednesday night services here at Heritage. I'll be talking about it again tonight, okay? But just, again, see, we, we tend to think of personal relationship as the gold standard, but Jesus doesn't even have a personal relationship with, with God the Father, okay? Because when something is personal, it's, it's exclusive, it's self-defined, it's limited. So we don't understand what personal means. And, and, and the devil has deceived a lot of people there. So fellowship is a, is a whole next level of what God ultimately desires to have uh, with you. And, and, and of all the things that God wants from you and all the things that God wants for you, there's nothing that He wants from you more and there's nothing that He wants for you more than fellowship with Him. Fellowship with Him. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we've been called into fellowship with Him, the same fellowship that Jesus has with God the Father. So I don't want to come on too strong tonight, but, but discipleship, again, is about fellowship with God and experiencing Him. Discipleship is about learning in the deepest possible way. Learning in the deepest possible way. And I think we'll get to an explanation of that here in just a few minutes, okay? But you understand there are different levels and degrees uh, of, of learning things of knowing things, of understanding things. And, um, and so discipleship is learning in the deepest possible way. Uh, the next thing, discipleship is about growing up into the person God created you to be. Growing up into the person that God created you to be. The Bible says when we were born again that we put on Christ. Amen. We put on Christ. We are now in Christ. And the picture that I have there is when a toddler slips his... Uh, tiny feet into the shoes of his mom or dad and starts clomping around the house, right? Uh, so we put on Christ, but now that we're in Christ and have put on Christ, we are growing up into Christ as we see, and I'll show you that verse in a minute, in Ephesians. So discipleship is this process, and it's about growing up into the person that God created you to be. Discipleship is about discovering your true identity in Christ. Discovering your true identity in Christ. Satan has tried your whole lifetime to try to put a label on you, um, an, an image on you, a self-image in you, amen, that is uh, opposed to and contrary to uh, who he created you to be and, and your true identity in Christ. So I often say it this way, and you'll probably hear me say this a time or two again, okay? Um, these classes aren't about becoming something you're not. Okay. Now, that is, and it's okay if, if, you're, if that's you. If you're here and you've never been born again, if you're watching me right now on the World Wide Web and you've never been born again, then the new birth is about becoming something that you're not. Okay? This is how you pass from death to life. This is how you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. But again, not to take anything for granted, but I would dare say that most, if not all the people that are in this room watching me right now, have been born again. Now, last year we had a brother that was part of this class, you know, I forget what number it was that he came up to me and said, I think I want to get saved. And I'm like, bro, I thought you were. He's like, no, nope, been a Sunni Muslim for 20-something years and got born again right there um, last, you know. So, again, if you're not born again, you need to be, we want you to be. And so in, in that case, it would be about you becoming something that you're not. But if you've been born again, these classes are not about becoming something that you're not. They're about discovering they're about discovering who you became the day you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've already become something through the new birth that you weren't before, but most people have never been introduced to the person they became the day they were born again. And so discipleship, again, 
is about discovering your true identity in Christ. All right? Now, discipleship is also discovering what you have been given by God. What you have been given by God. And boy, that's one of my favorite sections. I got a lot of favorite sections. But how about this? The Bible says you have received, in 1 Corinthians, the Bible says you have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who comes from God. You have received the spirit who comes from God so that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. Now, I got some good news for you. As one of God's children, he's already given you things that you don't even know are yours. There are things that already belong to you that you have no idea you've been given. Amen. And discipleship is about discovery. It's a discovery process. And, and what happens so many times is, is we're begging God to give us things that he's already given us. We're begging God to do things for us that he's already done for us. And we're viewing our faith as something that we use to get God to move on our behalf. When faith is not about getting God to do something for you, faith is about you responding to what he's already done for you, what he's already said to you, what he's already said about you. Okay? Amen. Again, remember, this is overview. If I'm saying things right now that like, oh, wow, I want to hear more about that. Stay tuned. Okay, it's coming. Amen. Praise God. All right. So then again, discovering what you have been given by God. Amen. Man, I got to come back to that here for just a minute. See, one of the things that we're going to do in our time together, and the Lord gave me that when I say, uh, a vision. I don't mean an open vision. It, he showed it to me in my mind. So whatever the right way to say that, in my imagination. Okay. But as he was showing me this in my imagination, he was also speaking to me. And he said that there's this tendency for preachers and teachers, pastors and teachers, to be like a painter that goes into, let's say I'm going to paint a room. Okay. And we take the roller and we take the paint and we roll all the walls. Okay. And then we pick up the bucket and the paint and, we, and the roller and we go to the next room and we roll all the walls. What have we not done? We've not taken the time to cut it in, right? And he said there's too much teaching being done that way in the body of Christ. In other words, we kind of hit all the high points, but we don't want to get up to the edges. In other words, we, we don't want to take the time uh, and the effort to, to get right up to the edges. And so there will be times throughout our teaching that I'll point something out to you, and here's one of those times. Because, because it's prepositions, it's prepositions and it's verb tenses. That's, that's what it takes to get really close, right, to, and, and, and cut things in. Are you st- Did I lose you on that example? Can you visualize that with me? Okay. Do you, do you feel like maybe there's a lot of things you know that are kind of like somebody came in, a preacher came in and just painted a big section of a wall, but left all those edges, Right. And, you know, a room doesn't look good till you come in and cut it in, right? That's when it's like, ah, that's, that's the way it's always supposed to be. That's, that's how it's supposed to look. But see, this, this is the thing you've got to understand. When you start getting close to the edge, this is where people start getting nervous, right? When you start talking about what God really said in His Word about specific things, this is where our, our unrenewed minds want to kind of rebel against that and say, oh, that can't be what that means. That can't be what that says. All right. So that's why we're going to take the time to look at what it says. But the Lord showed me, and I won't go into all this, but, but it's prepositions. Prepositions are very important. 
And sometimes we, we ignore the prepositions, which you gotta, if you want to get up and get to the edge of things and get the whole picture, you got to pay attention to the prepositions. And the other one is verb tenses. you got to pay attention to the verb tenses. Okay? And let me give you an example of what I mean. Okay? Um, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Okay? You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Notice it says you have been blessed, not will be blessed. Have been blessed. Okay, 2 Peter chapter 1, somewhere around verse 4, okay? Uh, according to His divine power, right, he has, he has given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Not will give. See, we hear that and our minds do something funny with it because we think, well, He's saying He will give it to us, right? And what happens is we start, because we, so many times we walk by the way things look, seem, and feel, because it doesn't look like, seem like, or feel like we have it, we don't think we have it. But that's not how faith works, right? Faith doesn't say, I believe it when I see it. Amen. Amen. Faith says, I believe it because God said it. And faith is what brings things from the unseen spirit realm into the natural, visible realm. Okay? But see, if we're always begging God to do something for us that He's already done for us, watch this one now, 1 Peter 2.24, By His stripes you were healed. Were healed. Anybody want to take a wild guess as, as to when you were healed? You were healed when Jesus almost beat to death, right, with a Roman whip. That's when you were healed. I'm going way too far down this road, but some of you pulling it out of me, so let's go with it for a minute. If somebody, let's say somebody tonight, let, let's go back to that brother last year. When he came forward and said, Pastor Mark, I, I, I'm, I want to get saved, will you pray with me? <laughs> yes, absolutely. What did Jesus have to do for him to be saved? Did he have to climb out of heaven, go back to, uh, to, to uh, Jerusalem and be crucified again? No. No. You see, everything necessary for my brother to be saved was already done. Salvation was already given to him. He had to receive it, but it was already his. Jesus already paid the price for his sin. He's already paid the price for your healing. He became a curse for you so that the blessing of Abraham could be upon your life. Amen. So, again, if we're, going to, if we're going to see things correctly and not just, you know, a bunch of paint rolled in the middle of a wall, we're going to have to get tedious with it. We're going to have to look at some verb tenses. We're going to, have to look at some prepositions. We're going to have to go into the original language and see what the Bible really said uh, and, and explain it in 50 words, you know, instead of three words, uh, because sometimes English isn't a good vehicle to convey Greek and Hebrew. Amen. That's why... These classes are, what, hour and a half or so long. Amen. It just takes us a minute. Amen? Amen. Y'all still with me? Yes. feel some of you like, oh, okay, I'm not sure about this. Yeah, you're sure about it. Praise God. You're sure about it. Amen. You're sure about it. Don't, don't. Is anything on this list so far interested you? Yes. Amen. Okay. So discovering what you have been given by God. The Bible says, the Bible says you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus, a co-heir with Jesus. All right? I'll explain to you in great detail what that means, but let me just cut to the chase, okay? It means everything that God the Father has given to Jesus, He has also given to you. Anything that Jesus has coming from the Father, you are right there in line with Him because you are a joint heir together with Him as a son and daughter of God. That's, that's both who you are and what has been given to you kind of in one, right? If He spared not His only Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how will He not now with Him freely give us all things? 
So discipleship then, again, discovering what you have been given by God. Let's keep going. Discipleship is about discovering what you can do, what you can do because Christ is in you. What you can do. Anybody remember verse ago something like this? I can do all things through Christ, which is who strengthens me, right? The anointing. He's in me. Can do it through Him. So there are all kinds of things that you and I are capable of doing. Amen. That we may have never done yet. That's back to the potential. That's back to, to, to a demand being placed on your potential. But it's, it's also uh, one of my favorite verses that's related to this category is found in Philemon. I don't have it right here in front of me. But in Philemon 6, it talks about you and me acknowledging every good thing that is in us because we are in Christ Jesus. But see, how can you acknowledge something's in you if no one's ever explained it to you from the Scriptures that it's in you? Amen. Right? But yet we live in a world that tells us evil's in us and darkness is in us and ignorance is in us and loser is in all these things, right? But, but yet God has put something very precious, a treasure in your physical earthen vessel deep inside of you. Amen. And, and it's there. The Holy Spirit is there. And Jesus said it would be like rivers of living water. It would be like fountains of life. Anybody know what a fountain does? It springs up from a deeper place and it comes forth, right? So all of these good things that are in you, amen, Father God wants to bring them forth from you. Praise God. Praise God. And so discipleship is about discovering, and we could even put in there experiencing what you can do because Christ is in you. Let's keep going here. Discipleship is about fulfilling your God-given destiny of bearing His image. Bearing His image. Genesis reveals to us that when God created us, He created us in His image and in His likeness. To look like He looks and to function the way He functions. To literally bear His image in this created realm. Amen. So we see in the commandments from the Old Testament that God refused to allow Himself to be represented in stone or wood or metal, you know, some type of, of graven image, okay? Because He's not a wood, stone, or metal God. He is a living, breathing God who desires for His image to be reflected and born in living, breathing human beings. Amen. So your God-given destiny is to bear God's created, to bear His image in this created realm. All right? Now we could keep going. i got one, really two more. Discipleship is about learning to minister the love, truth, and power of God to others. The love of God, the truth of God, and the power of God to others. Amen. Learning how to do that. Becoming equipped to do that. Uh, becoming more effective in our ability to do that. Amen. If, if you're here, and, and I'm sure of this, that there are some, but if you're here and let's say you've been called to pastor. God, God has separated you from your mother's womb to, to pastor. Okay, um, Then you're a pastor. He made you a pastor. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Now, there are people who live their whole lives as pastors and never pastor a church. There are people who live their whole lives as pastors and never even get born again. I mean, they're, they're, it's what they're gifted to do, but they, they never 
step into or step up into what it is that God has for them. That's what I mean by these classes aren't about becoming something you're not. They're about, to dis- they're about discovering and, and confirming, because some of you already have known that. As a matter of fact, some of you, part of your stories, you've been running from that. You've been scared of that. Amen. You've been running from God, running from, not necessarily from God, but from what you think God wants you to do, and the devil's convinced you that you can't do it. Okay. So discipleship then, discipleship is, is this process, but it's, it's about learning how becoming equipped to be more effective in what God has called you to do. Please do not wait to class 36 to try to love somebody, to try to share the truth with somebody, to try to uh, minister the power of God to somebody. That's not, that's not how this works. Look at the disciples. Look at Peter. I mean, one minute he's proclaiming you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The next minute he's rebuking Jesus. Okay? And, and so we're, we're all learning and growing together. But one, one of the things you're going to find out about discipleship is discipleship is about learning through experience, about learning through doing. It's not just about sitting in a classroom and hearing. That's important. Jesus, large crowds, he would teach them, right? But then he would say, okay, now let's go do something with what we've learned. All right. Now, the last thing, and we're going to kind of shift gears on this, but discipleship is also about committing to a process. It's also about committing to a process. Now, we, you know, we run through that whole list, and it's like, yeah, bring it on, Pastor Mark. Give us more of that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, wah, wah, wah. It's about committing to a process. But it, it is a process. Amen. And it's a process that is not overseen by me. Amen. I, I, am, I am a servant leader in the body of Christ. We, we are here to serve others. Jesus set that example for us. Okay. But ultimately, Jesus, by ministry of the Holy Spirit in you and me, through you and me, this is how people are discipled present day time here on planet Earth. Praise God. So, amen. Deeper in my notes, we may say it again when we get there, but Jesus didn't just tell us to go get people saved, did he? He told us to go make disciples. Go make disciples. This is important. It's not just telling people the gospel message so they can be born again. But our assignment is to go make disciples of all nations. Amen. Amen. Now, this is what I've learned. Are you ready? Don't choke on it. This is real simple, but it's very important, all right? It takes a disciple to make a disciple. That's another reason why class one discipleship is like Christmas morning for me. Amen. Because what's happening in, in, in this class, what's happening in this room, what's happening to those watching online is our eyes are being opened to things. We're being equipped. Amen. We're understanding what discipleship is. And because we're willing to commit to this process of discipleship, we're now in a position to become disciple makers. Praise God. All right, let me share just a few verses with you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Amen. Amen. So let me go ahead and make it clear that um, the main reason uh, I, am, I am here tonight uh, to, to, to help and to serve and to make myself available to you is because I love you. All right? I believe in you. I'm not here to judge you. There are folks in this room who have a long history with me, and they, and they will confirm it if you just met me. Okay? I'm not here to judge you. I believe in you. I believe that you are infinitely more... Uh, than the balance sheet between everything you've done right and everything you've done wrong, okay? 
And my, and my father has more than a hundred year plan for your life, all right? So if you've had a rough decade, amen. Um, God's with you. He loves you. He's not giving up on you. Uh, but he's got a lot more ahead for us. Amen? amen. All right? And then, <clears throat> so first of all, I love you. And it's from that position of love that I'm honored to be able to speak truth into your life. Amen. To speak truth into your life. Praise God. Praise God. The truth is a wonderful thing. Amen. The truth is a wonderful... Let me say it another way. He, the truth, is Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. He is a beautiful, wonderful thing. Amen. Because the truth will do for you and me what nothing else can. The truth will do things in your life that nothing else can. Amen. Amen. And because of that, Satan has tried. He's a deceiver. He's a liar, right? He's the opposite of all of that. And he's tried your whole life to keep you from ever knowing the truth, from ever hearing and understanding the truth. And so notice one of the key ways that we're able to grow up into Jesus in all things is when the truth is spoken to us in love and we receive that truth. We hear that truth and we receive that truth. And I'm not, listen, I'm not exactly sure why Father set it up this way, but he decided that this is how it works. So someone who knows the truth, who's being taught the truth, I don't know everything, I'm learning like everybody else, okay? But I've been doing this and been taking it serious for a very long time, okay? And so I'm honored to give to you things that hopefully you will learn in, in a matter of minutes that took me many years of my life to learn, right? And, and, and if you'll allow me to share those things with you and present that truth to you, okay? And I guess there's a lot of things that I want to say here maybe that we'll, we'll get to in some other classes. But if I ever, and on rare occasion, on, I, I will offer to you my opinion. But if I ever do that, I'll just wave this really big red flag. Okay, here it comes. This is my opinion. Take it for what it's worth, okay? Um, but because ultimately what I'm here is to tell you what the Word of God says, Amen. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? You know, depending on how you were raised, you know, especially those of us who were raised in church, then perhaps you heard a denominationalized uh, perspective on the truth. Okay? And, and I'm not here to knock anybody. I'm not, I'm not here to use my platform to judge anybody. Okay? Um, but... My background was involved different denominations that preached entirely different messages. And I love people to this day uh, from those denominations. But when I realized how opposite some of the things were that they taught me, you know, I went before the Lord. I'm like, Lord, listen, these folks may be confused, but you're not. And all I want is the truth. And listen to me. I hope you understand what I mean by this. I don't have an axe to grind. I used to, there was a lot of people's like, well, I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to slay all these dummies. You don't, no, that's, that's, that's not it. That's not my heart. Speak the truth in love. In love. Amen. Right? Um, but the things that I'm going to present to you are not just things that I read in a book and I'm regurgitating. Okay? Uh, these are things that I've lived. Amen. <laughs> these are things that I lived. I was listening to one of my favorite pastors uh, earlier today, and he, he was talking about, he said, if, if you're going to get on an airplane today, um, would you want the guy who's uh, flown for 20 years, flew in the military, flew every kind of airplane available, 
has thousands of hours of, of, of flights, uh, flying, has uh, dealt with crises in mid-flight successfully, or would you want the guy who's watched both top guns three times? You know, you know I mean, obviously it's, it's the experience, right? It's the experience. And, and it's not that, listen to me now, it's, it's not that, that, um, that I'm offended or any, anything like that, but you know, there's so many times you know, when people bring questions to me that I know, all right, you understand what I'm saying? If I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know, but we're going to find out together from the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit. But there are things that I know. When I say that I know them, it's things that me and my wife have walked out and lived out and proven in our lives, in our family, uh, in ministry and business uh, for, for many years, okay? Um, and I'll share those things with folks, and then they'll argue back with me that I'm wrong. That's their prerogative. Don't understand it's their prerogative. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm wanting you to say, I guess I'm, I'm wanting to say to you that if maybe for no other reason, why is the 20 years uh, important in these classes, okay? It's because this is not just something I've been talking about for 20 years. It's something that I've been living now for almost 50 years, and, um, and, it's, and it's truth. Amen. And, and what's the old saying, the proof's in the pudding, uh, wisdom is justified by our children, as Jesus said it. In other words, um, these are things that um, I have life experience with. And um, there are going to be some things. Let's just go ahead. All right? There are going to be some things that not all of you, but some of you are not going to agree with when you initially hear them from me. And there's probably a pretty good chance that whatever you think it is that I'm saying uh, opposite to, I used to think what you thought. Okay? <laughs> Are you hearing me? Amen. Okay. Uh, I have a unique perspective from having, uh, again, Pentecostal backgrounds as well as uh, Baptist, other Southern Baptist type denominational upbringing. Amen. And I'm thankful for what I learned from my Baptist brothers, and I'm thankful for what I learned from my Pentecostal brothers. Don't misunderstand me. All right. Um, but we're going to look at it in the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead us and direct us. Amen. Amen. Yes. So that's what I mean by I don't have an axe to grind. I'm not here to try to prove anybody wrong. I'm here to present the truth. Okay? And then that's up to you with what you do with it from that point forward. But uh, always, 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 if you don't understand something that I said or think I'm wrong, amen, please, I'm approachable. Amen. I'm approachable. You hear me? All right. Praise God. That goes for you folks online. Mark at hccnow.org. Email me. Praise God. And people do, and I look forward to it. Um, this year. All right. Let me give you uh, this same message, uh, this same verse in the message translation. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in love. Like Christ in everything, we take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. Now, when we say God wants us to grow up, um, I am uh, in the, uh, uh, let's see, what, almost uh, five years into a granddaddy stage. Amen. Uh, some of you that were here before class started, my grandsons were talking to me on FaceTime before, um, before class started. And, uh, and it's glorious. Man, I'm just telling you, it's glorious. I started to take a sweet little pumpkin is on her way down, but that's actually uh, my son and his wife. They had their baby shower here uh, Sunday a week ago, and that was part of the decorations. And I just like looking at it back there. It just reminds me, amen, that little Elsie Caroline will be here uh, sometime in September, praise God. Um, and, and, and this is true with my grandchildren, and, and it's also true with my, with my children. As much as I enjoyed them being little, 
as their father and as their grandfather, I'm enjoying them growing up because there are things that we can do and experience together as they grow that was impossible for us to do when, when they were babies and infants and even toddlers. Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying here? All right. So the, the scriptures um, speak of our spiritual growth and development alongside those same types of milestones in physical growth and development. In other words, it speaks of those who are as spiritual babies. It speaks of those who are as spiritual children. And then it speaks of those who are as spiritual adults. Okay, So my two children are adults now. And I have an, a completely different level of engagement and enjoyment with them than I did when they were, when they were children. And, 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 it's, and it's a wonderful thing. And I'm saying all that to say that as much as Father loves us and is patient with us when we're as spiritual babies and as spiritual children, there are things that He uh, looks forward to doing with us, amen, when we grow up a little more. Amen. When we, when we get to a position where he can trust us with a little more responsibility and, and some extra added uh, kingdom influence and resources and authority. Amen. Um, now that my, you know, somebody asked me the other day, they said, you're going you're gonna to buy your grandson uh, a car when he gets old. So I've already bought him one. He just, he don't know it yet. Amen. And it would be silly for me to give him the keys to a, full-size pickup truck right now, you understand what I'm saying, at four and a half years old. Right? I can't trust him. He's not ready for that. My heart is to give it to him, but he's not ready for that. Amen? And so a lot of the things that Father God uh, has for us to do, places for us to go, authority and levels of power that He has for us to operate in, amen, it becomes a matter of us growing up. So when it says... Uh, I like the way it says it this way. God wants us to grow up. And He wants us to know the whole truth and to be able to tell it and, and, and speak it in love. Amen. Like Christ in everything, we take our lead from Christ who is the source of everything we do. All right. Now, let's talk for a minute. Y'all do realize it's already five minutes after six, right? And we've almost, the first hour is almost over. Do you understand what I mean? It, 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 by, now, some of you are like, man, I thought it was two hours, Pastor Mark. You mean we still got, no. Are y'all Okay. Am I going too fast? All right, we kind of fall into a pace here. You got a question? Bring it on loud. I know you're not surprised that I got one. So, you don't live with my son, so, I mean, he's a hard guy. Tomorrow's rock star day, he's going to eat him more or something. So, I don't know. But anyway, so are we, like, can we talk? Because I know you're like. Well, it is a challenge talking because they can't hear what you're saying. Well, um, so. So quick questions, and then I'll repeat them, all right? So what's, what's the question? No, I'm just, I'm just wondering. You okay. Know okay. So, so write them down. We can... Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of times, let me say this too. I'm, I've been doing this a really long time, and, and I anticipate the questions. Number one, because I try to put myself in people's positions as I'm presenting things, and how is this going to sound to them, how are they going to hear and receive this. But also... Because I'm 20 years into this and have been asked a lot of questions over the years, okay, is that I, more than likely we will get to the answer, right? In other words, a lot because remember tonight we're given overview. So I, I sometimes use this analogy. 
you know, if you go and you build a retaining wall and then you got to fill in all the dirt behind it, okay? So sometimes we'll go out and we'll set some stones in place and then we'll back up and, and we'll backfill it and, and, and present, you know, all the things that, that lead up to and, and make that point. So um, I'm not saying that I will answer every question that you have, but if you kind of hang on and just go with the process, a lot of the questions that we're going to have. When this, when this started now 20 years ago, we were in the back right classroom as you face the sanctuary, uh, sitting around the table with about, I don't know, eight or nine people. And after we were finished, they asked me, they said, are you going to do it again? And I was like, I mean, who would come? And they're like, oh, we would come again. I'm like, well, yeah, we'll do it again. I mean, I, you know, I, I, obviously I didn't understand then what the Lord, the vision that he had for this. Um, and so that was a little different, you know, because it was more interaction. And I like interaction. I like the questions and, the, and, and being able to engage because, number one, and I think this might be the most important aspect of it, is like it helps me say things more clearly uh, when somebody asks me a question because you're hearing something, you're hearing me say something in a way that I don't mean to say it or I'm not intending to say it or for it to be heard. Um, but it is challenging with the online thing because people can't hear um, you know, the question, and so it's like silence for them, you know, in, in the room. So that's why if you do ask a question, try to keep it very brief, uh, and I will repeat the question for people who are listening online. And folks online, again, markethccnow.org, uh, email me, praise God. And what's that saying? Sometimes your question might make it on the air. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes, sometimes questions people have, I'll, I'll answer them in the, uh, in the next class. Amen. All right. So, praise God. Um, Let's, uh, let's look at uh, two versions of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. And um, it says this, For the time will come, and I believe we're in these times, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Okay? They will heap up for themselves teachers. Let me give you the same verse from the God's Word translation. A time will come when people will not listen to accurate teachings, Instead, they will follow their own desires and surround themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear. Who tell them what they want to hear. Amen. Now, one of the things that I've tried to do is not just speak the truth in love, but now listen to the variation of what I'm about to say, okay? But is to love you enough to tell you the truth, right? So I'm to speak the truth in love, but I'm also, I'm also to love you enough to tell you the truth. Love you enough to tell you the truth. Amen. Uh, and so what's that? Um, well, how's that go? Teacher, 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 scratch my ears, tell me what I want to hear. Um, and, and, you know, again, we've experienced that. Um, we just had our 25th anniversary uh, here at Heritage uh, in June. And um, it's, it's been amazing to me. One, I guess one thing that I really didn't anticipate and I should have but this is the first time I've been like associate pastor youth pastor you know that sort of thing over the years but this is the first time that my wife and I have ever been the the, the servant leader the the lead pastor uh, of, of a congregation and one of the things that that I didn't see coming and I should have you know from my previous experiences um, is is how many people can get so easily offended and leave the church because they disagree with something that you say or or what have you and, um, and you know, I'm like, wow, you know, uh, when we get to the part about the new birth and grace, you know, I had a family come and, and I was preaching on grace and, 
and they said they were leaving, and at least they had the decency, and I and I respect them for that. You know, to come and tell me. You know, sometimes you just like, hey, where's so and so, so and so? Oh, they're mad at you, Pastor. They're not coming back. So, oh, okay. You know, um, but uh, <laughs> you know, and she's sitting there telling me why. And, and she even said this. She said, I don't want my children hearing this grace talk. I want them to be scared to sin. And I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, you know, help us, Lord, you know. And I don't mean this arrogantly, but I knew her argument against what I preached better than she did, okay. But she didn't want, she didn't want to hear it, and that's, and that's fine, okay. Um, but I still, I loved them enough to tell them the truth. I had one lady, and she, and she told me this. She said that, that the Lord sent her... And if I say where she was from, it was another country. That the Lord sent her from another country. She stood in front of the church and said this. Lord sent me from another country to Heritage Christian Center to hear the truth that would finally set me free. Okay. And man, she was just all in for Jesus, all in for Heritage Christian Center, all in for Pastors Mark and Pam Winslet. Okay. Until I said something she disagreed with. Okay. And then she was ready to go. And she was leaving. And, and I, I tried to explain to her, I said, well, sister, you do realize that, you know, you said God sent you here, right? Yes. I said, he knew I believed this before you came. <laughs> right. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, God did, are you telling me God made a mistake? He sent you somewhere where, you know, some, some nut job preaching heresy? No, he knew I believed this before he sent you here. Right. Well, she wasn't having it. And she had the audacity to tell me, she says, if you, if you change your mind and start preaching something different, and I haven't found another church yet. Call me and I'll come back. <laughs> Amen. All right. But see, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. There are a lot of pastors. There are a lot of pastors who stay away from certain subjects. Right? Because they don't want to offend people. They don't want to upset people. But remember, it's the truth that sets us free. And this is what I've learned. And you just hear me well, please. Strong chains are only broken by strong truth. Okay? Strong chains are only broken by strong truth. Praise God. Amen. So, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And I'm going to speak the truth to you in love. Amen. And notice what's going to happen. God gives the increase. But in the process, we're all, individually and corporately, we're going to grow up into Jesus in all things. But I'm not, I'm not here just to tell you what I think you want to hear. Okay, I would be, I would be wasting your time and doing you a disservice and, and possibly even, even harming you um, in, in the sense that um, and I, listen, I take, I take this seriously and I, I understand my role and all that, but the, the, gospel, the, the epistle of James is very clear about it. Don't everybody run to the front to be a teacher because teachers will be held to a stricter judgment than, than those who didn't step forward to teach. Now, I don't, I, I'm not telling you to be afraid to teach. I'm not, t- I'm not telling you any of that. But again, I will be held accountable before God one day for what I've, what I've told you and, 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 and how I've spoken the truth to you. Amen. And so it's the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. That's all that I'm interested in. Uh, there was a time in my life when um, I was no longer in ministry and had no intentions of ever being in, in preaching, teaching ministry ever again. I was done with it. Um, I was chewed up and spit out by the religion and the politics and, and all that stuff. And I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, if that's ministry, it's not for me. 
So my wife and I, we started a business. We were going to be wealthy business uh, people. We were going to support foreign missions. And I was just going to fall on God's mercy when I stood before him one day and explained to him why I didn't do what I knew I was called to do. I know that was dumb, but that's just where I was. I was hurt a little bit, if I'm going to be honest with you, uh, during that whole uh, situation. Amen. But also during that time, this is when I just told the Lord, not because I'm ever interested in preaching and teaching it to anybody else, but I want to know the truth so I can teach it to my children so they won't be as confused as I am. It's that simple. I want to know the truth so I can teach it to my children. And I think <laughs> looking back on it, you know, it, it was kind of, um, it's like, okay, the Lord's finally like, now I can finally teach you something, son. You know, and after a, a while of doing that, you know, it, it came back around full circle. Uh, and this church started again uh, 25 years ago, June of 98. And uh, my wife and I, we had a cabinet shop uh, about six blocks behind me uh, in the industrial park over here. Uh, and so anyway, praise God. So here we are. So speak the truth in love. I spent too much time on that, but I, I just, I'm, I'm wanting you, the Bible says, know them that labor among you. I'm, I'm wanting you to understand, and we'll get to some more of this as we work our way through these classes. I want you to understand where I'm coming from and why I'm doing this and why it's not just important uh, to me, but why it's important for you and why, and why you know, this is worth the investment of, of your time and energy uh, and, and the resources uh, that are involved in you being here and being a part of it, okay? Now, amen. Um, you, you may have to put forth a great deal of effort to build up your endurance. We talked about this when he's talking about enduring sound doctrine, okay? Um, and, and again, I think it's, it's either... I had it in another set of notes, and it didn't transfer over to this computer. It's either 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy 5.17. But anyway, the Bible talks about the elders who are worthy of double honor. But he says, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Who labor in the word and doctrine. Sometimes we don't think about like spending time digging into the scriptures for the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us as labor. But... This, in the sense that it does require some effort, it does require some laboring on our parts. Amen. Okay. And and so I don't want you to look at this as like, oh man, we got to go clock in at discipleship class, you know, and put in some. No, but but again, there, you know, we're deceiving ourselves if we don't think there's some labor and some endurance involved. Moving out of that comfort zone. Amen. I don't know where you were this this time last Wednesday. Amen, right? Uh, but it was probably somewhere doing something less than this. Maybe not, okay? Um, but again, praise God, we're, we're pushing those boundaries. We're allowing a demand to be placed on our potential, and the good things that are in us are being developed and being released from us. Amen? So don't be surprised when resistance comes. Don't, don't be surprised when, you know... Uh, Three o'clock on the devil is starting when you wake up on Wednesday morning, man. My, I got a crick in my shoulder. I don't know about discipleship class tonight. You know, don't again. That's just how he works. I'm no judgment here, but I'm just telling you, the. I don't want to come across too strong, but I'm just telling you, the devil tries to keep people as far away from me as he can, not only because I'm. I'm here to tell you the truth and to speak truth to you so that you can grow up into Jesus in all things. The devil doesn't want that happening. He steals 100% of the word from you that you never hear. Amen. And, and so, you know, again, praise God. Know that the devil is going to try 
every way he can to reroute you, to present resistance, so you'll take the path of least resistance. Amen. But you've already beat him once because you're here. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. Um, I'm, no judgment. I don't even know who the names are. Okay? But a lot more people signed up to come from the foundry than are here from the foundry. Right? Amen. And I'm sure every person that didn't come has a good excuse. But again, excuses are also known as different things that the enemy uses to bring resistance in our lives, to try to redirect us and to keep us from accessing God's highest and best for our lives. Amen or oh me? Amen. All right. So let's talk about this. A few things about discipleship. Here's one that's important. And, and, and that is a disciple. What's going on there? Is it changing on the screen behind me? What does it say right there behind me? Okay, that's not what it's showing. That's not what it should be showing. What about now? Amen. I have no idea why it's one slide off, but it's one slide off. So, again, if you wonder what I'm doing up here, this iPad changes the slides on this computer that sends them to the screen and out over. Amen. So, um, and I don't know why it's off one slide, but it, was the verses right? Yes. Okay. Man, that, now that's... That's never happened before, but we're going to, we're going to go with it. Um, so the point I was wanting to bring to your attention is <laughs> a disciple gives God place in their life. Others are not willing to give him. Okay. A disciple. We're talking about what a disciple is. What is discipleship? What does it mean? What does it look like? Someone who is a disciple, what do they do that others who aren't disciples don't do? Okay. And one of the key things, and this is a simple one for us to start with, but a disciple is someone who gives God place in their life that others are not willing to give him. Okay? And so when we talk about giving place to something in your life, think about your calendar, think about your schedule, think about the things you do, things you like to do. Um, uh, sister was talking about her uh, son is, is in playing football now. And so now we got a whole bunch of stuff that she's got to give place to in her life, right, that she didn't have to make room for or give place to in her life before he started football, right? So you, I'm trying to just use something practical so you understand what I'm talking about here. So when we talk about giving place, the Bible says give no place, for example, to the devil, right? But it's the place that we give God. And, and place means both time Practical, you know, things like, you know, commitment, effort, um, room, so to speak. Okay. But then it also means priority. It also means priority. Notice what place, first place, second place, third place, fourth place, what place do we give God? In other words, what things do we prioritize over him and above him? So a disciple then is someone who gives God place in their lives Others are not willing to give him. So to give you some idea, the place in your life from, let's just round it off, from 5 p.m. on Wednesday to 6.45 p.m. on Wednesday, you've chosen now to give God that place in your life. Okay? And what I've learned, I know some people say it's all or nothing. Well, aren't you glad God is a merciful God, right? And what I've learned is any place you give him, any room you give him, any opportunity you give him, any door you open for him, legitimate, sincere, he'll, he'll come in it. Amen. 
He, he, he will, uh, you know, uh, fill up that space and fill up that place. Now, he deserves what? First place, right? Can I just talk to you? Truth and love for a minute, all right? He deserves first place. And guess how many first places there are in your life? There's only one. There's only one. Amen. There's only one, all right? Which means, again, making God and the things of God and, and the discipleship process, which is much more than an hour and 45-minute class on a Wednesday evening, okay? This is where we're going to learn about what it is, okay? Um, but it's giving God that place. Now, there are other folks who love Jesus, who will be in heaven one day when they die, who interested in this class, sent me text messages, emails, all that stuff. I'm, and maybe, look, something came up, they'll be here next week. I'm not bashing anybody for watching me online. I'm not bashing you, okay? All right. Um, but what it boils down to is being willing to give God place in your life that maybe other people aren't willing to give. Okay? All right. Now, the, uh, the, the next one, and, and this is kind of one of those significant shift verses, is a disciple moves past simple philo for the Lord and cultivates a deep agape for Him. All right? And so this is going to require a little bit of explanation if you're not familiar with these terminologies here. In the, uh, in the King James Bible, we find the word love, but in the original language uh, in, in the New Testament, there's actually different words with different meanings translated into our word love. The one that we're perhaps most familiar with and most associate love with is the Greek word philo, okay? And this has to do with warm, fond, affectionate feelings that we may have uh, in our heart for someone. And that's, that's what we most often equate with love, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And so this is, this is the idea expressed with, with philo. But now, agape is completely different. Agape is when we love as an act of our will. It's when we choose to do good. We choose to be kind. We, we make the, that person and their needs or what have you a priority in our lives. So think about it. When Jesus said, love your enemies, people read that verse and they think impossible. He didn't say, philo your enemies. He said, agape your enemies. All right? So he doesn't say, have warm, fond, affectionate feelings for your enemies. He says to do good to your enemies as an act of the will. Because he said, even people in the world will speak to people who speak to them, will be kind to people who are kind to them. He said, but your Father in heaven, He's good to people who are good, and He's good to people who are not good. Amen? And He said, if you want to be like Him, if you want to be a chip off the old block, then uh, show love the way your Heavenly Father shows love. But again, the key words here are agape. Now, Watch this. From time to time, I'll ask you to associate a word with another word so that you won't get confused as to what they are. Most recently, some of you have heard me say wisdom equals what? Results. So wisdom is more than results. But when you hear wisdom, I want you to think of wisdom being the primary means of producing results in your life. Okay. Now, when you hear the word philo, okay, anybody from Heritage know what you're supposed to think of when you hear philo? Feelings, I won't put you on the spot there. Feelings, when you hear philo, I want you to think feelings. Feelings, okay? Love, feelings, love, feelings, philo, feelings, all right? When you hear the word agape, I want you to think respect, okay? 
respect. See, what, and we'll get to some of this in future classes, but there are a lot of people who profess their love for Jesus, right? But he said, look, do you, if you love me, keep my commandments. See, we hear that and we think, we think he's saying, if you love me, you'd do this for me. And if you love me, you'd do that for me. But you don't love me because you... No, that's not what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Are you ready? He's saying, if you agape me, are you ready? If respect me enough to do what I say because I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to hurt you. It's, it's been, I don't know, a year or two ago. I, I was doing a lot of teaching on this, and it was really burning in me. And so I had the opportunity to speak at Love Lady, and that's a, that's a fun place to go speak, man. And it's, a, it's Thunderdome in there. If you've ever, if you've ever been, you know, it's these three stories, and, and uh, it's wide open, man. It's loud. Those ladies are rambunctious, you know. And they, Pastor Leslie had whooped them all up in praise and worship. I was excited, so I came up. I said, anybody in here love Jesus? And they yeah, I love you. I said, anybody in here love Jesus? And, yeah, I said, anybody in here respect him enough to do what he says about sex? Yeah, it got really quiet just like that, right? Amen. Amen. But see, again, right, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but I'm going to sleep with whoever I want to sleep with on Friday night. So see, again, that, you don't really love him, you're deceiving yourself, see. You're talking about fond affectionate feelings, not respect. Not respect, okay? So all that to understand and explain this point a disciple moves past simple philo for the lord and cultivates a deep agape for him they move past simple feelings for the lord and cultivate a deep respect for him a deep respect for him amen are you with me okay praise god all right now acts chapter 20 verse 24 we've only got about 10 minutes to go okay and class one is going to be in the book. So let me try to move on here a little quicker. Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul speaking. He says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Okay? Now, one of the things that, and I'm not trying to do a bait and switch on you, just hear me out, please. Okay? You're going to notice something if you hang in here with these classes, and I believe not only are you going to hang in here with these classes, you're going to inspire other people to come and be a part of these classes along with you, okay? But one of the things that you're going, to, you're going to notice, and I'll just go ahead and point it out to you so when it happens and starts to happen, it's already happened, you'll start noticing it, okay? Um, and that is, according to the Scriptures, every born-again believer has been called to do the work of the ministry. That doesn't mean every born-again believer has been called to pastor a church or, or preach in a pulpit or, or, or things of that nature. But, but again, I'll show it to you in the Scriptures. It's very clear, very plain that, that every one of us, according to God, have been called to do the work of the ministry. And part of my responsibility as a servant leader, a pastor, teacher in the Bible is to equip you to be able to effectively do the work of the ministry. So what in the world is the work of the ministry? It, well, I mean, we'll get there. I'm not trying to, again, that's one of those things that kind of, you know, inspire some questions. Just hold them for now. We'll get to that and explain all that, okay? But with that said, with that said, I'm not just teaching these classes from the perspective of something I can say to you to help you personally, individually. I'm teaching these classes from the perspective, one level up, right, as if I'm training you to minister. So they're taught from that perspective. Amen. 
And, and that's very important. It may not make a lot of sense to you right now, but it's, it's, it's very important that we do it that way, all right? Because one thing that we have in the body of Christ today that we've got to get past, and it's this attitude of what's in it for me, what does this have to do with me, how can this help me, um, what's in it for me, did I say that one, okay? Um, and, and so if, if we, I say we, if, if a lot of people in the body of Christ today, if they don't see any personal benefit for themselves, then they're not going to be there. They're not, they're not involved. They're not interested. All right. Um, and, and that's a, that's a real problem because at the heart of that attitude is selfishness. And selfishness and pride, they're the root causes of our, of our, you know, every other problem we have in our lives can be traced back to those problems, okay? But the, the, here's the key thing, though. Selfishness is blinding. You've you, you, you got to look beyond yourself. You've got you to get your eyes off of yourself, right? Now abide faith, hope, love, these three. The grace of these is love. Faith is the ability to see beyond this created realm. I'll go over this in great detail later. Faith is the ability to see beyond this created realm. Hope is the ability to see beyond what you're going through in your life right now. Love is the ability to see beyond yourself. If you never learn to see beyond yourself, you'll never see beyond what you're going through right now. And if you never learn to see beyond what you're going through right now, you'll never see beyond this created realm. You'll never see into that invisible realm by faith where all those things that belong to you are, where all the help that God has for you is. Okay? So... One, there's lots of reasons, but one of the reasons we teach this from the perspective of not just how can this help you, what, how can this benefit you, what will this do? It's going to help you. Please hear me. It's going to benefit you. But if instead I'll present it from the perspective of helping you be able to help other people and you receive it as I'm coming not just for something I can get or benefit from, but I'm going to come and hear something that I can use to help my children. I'm going to come and I'm going to hear something so I can go back and, and benefit my, the church that I belong to or my family. Or, are you understand what I'm saying? Just that simple shift, and it's a significant shift from yourself to, and being about you to being about others and what God has for you. But what that does is it, it enables you to receive light and to receive understanding and to see things as they truly are where selfishness will blind you from it. Okay. So notice now, Paul is speaking of his journey, his race, his course, his daily walk, depending on which um, translation you look at here. But then he's also speaking of the ministry that he was given and, and the ministry that he was called to. So, okay. I'm trying to adjust one slide below where I'm supposed to be, all right? So here is an important point, okay? Effective ministry is an extension of our daily walk with the Lord. So if you want to be effective in what you do for other people, then you walk and fellowship with the Lord, and that will enable you to be very effective in what you then do for other people, okay? So here is another way of saying that. You have to know Him before you can make Him known. This is one of the problems we have in, 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 the, in the church today, in pulpits today, is that people are trying to, to make God known who don't know Him personally. Yes, sir? Can you go back one? 
Yes, sir. It's going to take me a minute to figure out the math here. Well, I guess go back one. Just push that. Is that right there? Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Effective ministry. Uh, I was asked to go back one for those of you watching online. Somebody in Africa just said thank you too, probably. <laughs> Amen. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, praise God. Okay, all right. Okay, amen. All right. So, effective ministry is an extension of our daily walk with the Lord. And he's like, oh, I don't know about all this ministry stuff. Just get close to Jesus and walk with Him and, and, and commit yourself to being His disciple. And next thing you know, you'll be casting out demons. I'm not trying to scare you with that. I'm just, I'm just telling you. All right, and, and you want, it's like you won't go, but see, now watch, if you go, I want to I cast out demons, everybody will think I'm super spiritual. It ain't ever going to happen. Don't even, just don't even fool with it, right? Amen. All right. The, the book of Acts, there was these folks. I'm going to go to the next one now so y'all can get that one too, right? So um, you have to know him before you can make him known. You have to know him before you can make him known. Amen. I like to simplify things, and I think, you know, even part of what we do here at Heritage, our our byline is so the world may know. Amen. So the world may know. That's, that's, we're here so the world can know. Amen. That comes out of John 17. Um, but, you know, knowing him and making him known. Amen. Knowing and making him known. But see, one of the problems we have in the church today is people who don't know him get in the pulpits and try to make him known. That's why there's so much misunderstanding. That's why there's so much confusion about who God is and what he's like and what he does and what he doesn't do, what he allows, what he doesn't allow. All kinds of misinformation, all kinds of confusion, all kinds of just blatant lies and deception about, about our Father, right? And so, like, I, this may be a, an odd way of saying it, but ha, have you ever had somebody tell you something about somebody you know, and you knew it was a lie? It's like, there's no way that's true. I know that person. There's no way they said that. Somebody come to me and said, hey, Pam said blah, 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 and I'm like, I, I'll know immediately if she said that or not, Okay. Now, she may have said something similar to that, and somebody added a few things to it because they wanted it done a certain way or whatever. But I, I know her well enough to know whether or not she said something or not, whether or not I've heard her. You know what I'm saying? You, I'm, am I losing you? I don't make sure you understand that. Okay. So th there are things, even like, have you ever heard, this may be going out on a limb for a moment, but you ever heard somebody in the pulpit saying things about God, and maybe you didn't know chapter and verse, but when it was landing on your heart, you're like going, that don't sound right. Okay, see what's happening is you've got the Word, capital W, you've got the Witness, capital W. You've got the Word of God that, that we can go to to find truth, okay? And then you've got the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. And the Word of the inward witness of the Holy Spirit will always agree. The Word will never tell you one thing, the inward witness will never tell you another, all right? But don't, when that witness, when that's like, oh, that don't, man, are you sure? I'm not, that don't sound like God to me, okay? That doesn't mean throw rocks at the person, okay? It doesn't mean judge the person or get on Facebook and call them ugly names. But it does mean, hey, we need to look into this further before we accept this as, as being true. Or, and I invite you, I beg you, as a matter of fact, please do that with what you hear me say and teach, okay? All right. We've already covered these things. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So not just get folks born again, but make disciples. And as we've already said, discipleship, it takes one to make one. Discipleship, it takes one to make one. Amen. All right. And then in the... Am I going way too fast now? 2819. Amen. All right. Let me know when y'all are finished. No, I'm just kidding. 
I'm kidding. Hey, who, who likes my water bottle? Amen. It says good things coming. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's one of my uh, sayings. It's on the wall there when you come in from the Women's Center on the left by the bathroom, okay? Uh, they honored me with that many years ago. That's a Bible verse, Hebrews 9-11, that Jesus is our high priest and He's the high priest of good things to come. And a lot of times when I say good things come and people correct me, they say, no, 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 good things are already here. Well, yes, they're already here. But remember, one of the biggest threats to your best life is a better life. And we should have an attitude in life that the best is yet to come. Amen. God always saves the best for last. Amen. Amen. And so good things coming. And I don't want to embarrass her, but anyway, Sister Amy gave me uh, that. I, Father's Day? Yeah, for Father's Day. So, yeah, so uh, I told her, I said, made for TV right here. You know, so anyway, praise God. All right. Amen. All right. Can we just, okay. Praise God. <laughs> so discipleship, it takes one to make one. Yeah. Okay. And so um, how about this? And, and this verse right here, this would be a good one for you to just kind of meditate as you close your eyes tonight and lay down to go to sleep. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine. Speaking of of Jesus, God, who has saved us. He saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. That means not according to what we've done or what we've deserved or what we've earned, good or bad, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Man, that's a verse right there. You realize what he's saying here, don't you? That he knew you before there was a you to know on planet earth. And not only did he know you before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you before the foundations of this earth, before time began. Time began when God created the cosmos, right? Uh, sun, moon, and stars, amen, and the earth and the planets. But before time began, he already knew you. And He had already given you a purpose. Amen? But then He also, in addition to the purpose that He gave you, He gave you the grace necessary. Grace it means a free gift. Amen? The grace of God, it means a free gift. Something that He gives you that you don't earn, can't earn, that you don't deserve. It's not about what you deserve. It's about what He desires for you to have. And notice now, before you were ever alive to do wrong, before you were ever alive to commit a sin, before you were ever alive, uh, alive to wave the middle finger of your life in His face, He already loved you. He already knew you. He already gave you purpose. And He already gave you everything necessary in Christ Jesus to fulfill the purpose for which you would one day be born on this earth to fulfill. That's my daddy right there. That's my heavenly father right there. That's how much He loves us. So again, discipleship then is about understanding this purpose. What is this purpose? How do we discover it? What's involved in it? What does He, what does he have for me to do? One of the things that we need to understand about the holy calling is that's not just talking about vocation. That's not just talking about um, location. It's not just talking about... I don't have another rhyme there, but um, I've never said it that way before. It's not, it's not just talking about your position, okay? Um, it's it, it, the most important thing it's talking about is that you've been called. God is faithful who has called you into the fellowship of His Son. Amen. The, the, the highest calling that, that we've ever been given, the highest honor that you will ever be given 
is the calling that God has extended to you to come be one with Him and enjoy the same fellowship with Him that Jesus enjoys. Amen. 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 Now, thank you, Jesus. i got three minutes. So, purpose and grace are related. This means you have been gifted by God in light of your predetermined purpose. There's a reason why some of you like math. There's a reason why some of you just, you know, can pick up an instrument and play it without a lesson. That's why some of you are really good at organizing things and administration. It's the reason why some of you are, 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 are very artistic and creative and, and, you, and you look at things and, and, and you, you see not what it is but what it can be. So all of this has to do with God's grace upon your life, things that He graced you with, things that He gifted you with. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a coincidence, it's not random, it's, it's, it's specific. So He gave you the purpose and He gave you the grace. He gifted you with the ability to fulfill that purpose. So this is why we say that discipleship is about discovering and fulfilling your God-given destiny. It's about discovering and fulfilling your God-given destiny. Amen. Amen. So, do you see why there's a lot more involved here than just a class on Wednesdays? <laughs> this is big stuff here. This is, um, this, this, these are things that we're talking about now that predate you. I'm talking about before there was a you. It was in the heart of God. And listen to me now. After this earth has melted and there's a new one, we're talking about things that will carry over and continue on into the rest of eternity after this life, in other words. Amen. This is big. This is really big. And the devil's scared of you. The last thing in the world he wants is for you to know the strong truth that will break the strong chains off your life once and for all. The last thing in the world he wants is for you to consistently hear the truth spoken to you in love so that you can grow up into Jesus in all things. You do understand that, that a child has a perspective, but as we, as we become, Paul said, again, we'll look at these verses in 1 Corinthians 13, that when he was a, when he was a child, he, he thought like a child, he understood like a child, and he talked like a child. But when he became a man, he put away childish things. When he grew and developed and matured, he had a completely different perspective on things than he had when he was a child. So I say that to simply say this. There are things that you can't see right now, things that I can't see right now. Amen. But as we grow and as we develop in the things of God, we're able to see more and more and more. And as we begin, as our eyes are open to those things, right? See, these, these now become the things in our lives that replace all the darkness, that replace all of the, the broken desires, the things that, that replace what we used to think life was all about. Now it's like, whoa, where have I been my whole life? And at this point, the thought of going back doesn't exist. I mean, it's like, go back. Go back? What? Okay. 
Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time together this evening. I pray, Father, that, that um, every person as, as they leave here, Lord, that, that the Holy Spirit would just continue to, to resonate in their hearts and take certain things that are applicable to their situations, Father, from what we've talked about tonight and continue to speak to them and minister to them. And, Lord, that these things will be planted deep in us. Lord, we, we are believing for fruit to come from the seeds that are planted tonight, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, if you will, the, um, the registration forms, uh, if you would, I think Pam's probably got some of them, but if you just stack them on the table there uh, on, on your way out. And then next week what we'll do is we'll have a sign-up list for everyone who's filled out a registration form uh, and, um, and then registration forms for everybody who joins the class next. Everybody good? Did you enjoy tonight? Okay. You coming back? Tell somebody around you I'm coming back. All right. Love you. Good things coming. I'll see some of you uh, in a few minutes in the service. Rest at other times throughout the week. Amen. Thank you all online for joining us. Praise